Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Most of us who live in this region appreciate its rich history, and we appreciate it to a very large degree thanks to the Missouri History Museum, a first-class repository of historical artifacts and information. It's just part of a trifecta of facilities committed to preserving our regional history. All are under the administrative umbrella of the Missouri Historical Society. It has its own history. Joining me in studio to talk about this very important regional institution are Dr. Francis Levine, President and CEO of the Missouri Historical Society. Nick Hoffman is its Managing Director of Education and Visitor Experience. Thank you both so much for being with us. Great to have you. Thank you. It's great to be here with you, Don. Fran and Nick, I have to thank you both, as I mentioned before we went on the air, that you have provided so many guests to this program. (laughs) We're very appreciative of of your institution and the people you have there. Thank you. We have a terrific group of curators, archivists, exhibition designers, educators. You know, it's the team that makes all that great work possible. How many many, Go ahead, Nick. Oh, they all embrace our mission. We love sharing local history. So any opportunity we can get, we take advantage of it. Fran, how do you describe that mission when you're out and about and talking to people? My elevator speech? Yeah. You know, my (laughs) elevator speech is the Missouri Historical Society. As, As you said, we are the museum, which um, does exhibitions and programs, our library and research center, which houses our collection and does public programs, really teaching people about archival research um, and uh, um, and allows people to, to take some genealogy classes, and then the Soldiers Memorial, which will open in November. So each of those entities allows us to present the stories of uh, people who have lived here over time. Hmm. So it's a that's not a very good elevator speech, but <laughs> it's um it's what we do. Each of our locations allows people to have access to different types of perspectives on the past and um and to find their own stories hmm. there as well. Nick, how do you how do you approach your job in in terms of visitor experience and education? Well, what we really love to do is work with the community. We consider all aspects of the community our collaborators. We're always working with churches, nonprofits, local universities to really build the types of stories that they want to share. It's our goal to really talk about St. Louis's uh, history with its richness, its diversity, its complexity. So everything we do, whether it's K-12 through education, community programs, or even just making a welcoming environment on the floor to all of our guests, that's what drives us. That's our mission for our organization. Both of you have been uh, at other places doing this kind of work. How does say, and every place has its own history, of course, right. but friend, how does St. Louis stack up in terms of the, of the richness of uh, the history in this part of the country? You know, it's a, it's a fantastic history, going back, of course, to prehistory to the uh, settlement of the Mississippi River and the confluence area. For me, it's that um, it's the confluence that serves as a kind of metaphor for what we have, the confluence of many different people over time, many different cultures who came to live here, uh, and to embrace that complexity of that confluence. Um, I, I think it's a pretty remarkable history. And you've come from Wisconsin? Wisconsin, Uh Appleton, Wisconsin, uh, home to Harry Houdini and Senator Joseph McCarthy, (laughs) that McCarthy. Um, But I I just love learning about local history. Uh, I've been here for about a year in every single corner, every neighborhood, every house, um, even your running path. That's one of our – part of our new brand taglines. Everything has this really rich story that we want to help share with the community. You know, you can enter – 
St. Louis history through its music, through its food, through its mm-hmm. architecture. And so we love having those resources uh, to tell that story in our three locations. Yeah. How long does it take you to become familiar with a new place? I mean, oh. <laughs> obviously, obviously, I've been here a long time, and I'm still not totally familiar with it. But with the job that you have presenting this history to right. whomever, uh, you, you've got to become pretty familiar with it yourself. Yeah, you know, for me, I had several entry points in my my academic life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I uh, the archaeology you know, I knew about the mm. Mississippian cultures, and so the archaeology, mm. I could connect back. Um, and then, of course, the very immediate connections between Missouri and the American West through, uh, the you know, we are the gateway to the West. So a lot of the same people who I studied before, I could actually see where they came from, how they lived. But it took me a couple years to get comfortable yeah. And, of course, our collections at the History Museum are so fabulous that uh, you get engaged immediately when you get to work with the material that we have. And, of course, you came here from uh, one of the places people who were going through the Gateway to the West uh, were heading for, (laughs) Santa Fe, correct? Yes, correct. Correct. An entirely different part of the uh, country, needless to say. But so connected to Missouri, so connected with our military history, you know, and our uh, Santa Fe Trail. I, I now tell people that the Santa Fe Trail started right here on the banks of the Mississippi River. Yes, I know Independence and Arrow Rock have important places, but without that trade route of the Mississippi River, we would not have the stories of the Santa Fe Trail. One of the uh, stories that I've heard is that Mexico, Missouri, uh, before it became Mexico, Missouri, was just a sign in the road pointing toward Mexico. For I, the, I've heard that story, yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many of them went to Appleton. Nick, yeah. but, um, <laughs> maybe more, more than a few. Yeah. Appleton uh, was really a fun place to work. But as a historian, we look for those patterns as they reemerge, especially in Midwest history, strong history of immigration all over the Midwest, politics, military history. So as a historian, I look for those patterns wherever I'm working. And St. Louis certainly has rich aspects to all of that. So uh, there's always some familiarity. And I I worked a long time uh, in Milwaukee, too, working on my master's degree. And there's a lot of similarities being larger Midwest cities that had that strong immigration push that identify their city. You know, it's also the manufacturing history. It's so big. almost it's any big. place you go in the in the Midwest, uh, and, and even on the Santa Fe Trail, we hear about the uh, the bricks, the window panes, yeah. the, the cast iron fronts. So much mm. of that was made here in St. Louis and in Missouri and then shipped yeah. to different parts. So, uh, you know, I say now all trails lead back here yeah. to St. Louis. And, of course, Milwaukee and uh, St. Louis do have that beer connection. There. That's right, yes. <laughs> there, there is always that. <laughs> Fran, what about this rebranding? What exactly is going on and what's involved? You know, I think we have, are taking the opportunity to really tell our own story and um, and to talk about our emphasis on local history, connecting the local, the regional, and connecting our three locations under the umbrella of the Historical Society. So we have a new tagline, which is Find Yourself Here. Mm-hmm. And um, it's Find Yourself in the stories that we'll be telling at Soldiers Memorial. Soldiers will be opening in November, and that gives us a third location. Mm-hmm. So it was the optimal time to begin to look at who we are Um, and how all this brand, we call it the brand awareness campaign. Mm -hmm. So really thinking about 
what it means to be the historical society and who we are to the community and to our visitors. And what sort of a campaign is that going to be? I mean, is it going to be television and radio and newspapers? They're all of the above yeah. and programming, you know, really letting people know about our educational programs as well as our exhibitions. Exhibitions are just one way to experience uh, the Missouri Historical Society. There's also the research aspects, mm -hmm. the genealogy programs. So it's really trying to create that message that we're transformed, that we are very different now than we were a couple of years ago, um, and that it's having these three locations that brings us together in, um, in a pretty comprehensive look at our history. And I think it's really visible on our website. Uh, we have a wonderful new website that really demonstrates that brand. I encourage everyone to go to mohistory.org and really do a deep dive on the site. You can learn about soldiers, the LRC, uh, the Library Research Center, and the Missouri History Museum. But also take a look at that incredible research function. That website is the place to go when you're doing local history because you can pull up all sorts of things from our collection, our three-dimensional artifacts, uh, paper collections, photographs. It is so rich. You can find your neighborhood history, your house history, all sorts of things on our website. You know, what we want is to reinforce that emotional connection that people have with the history of their neighborhood, the history of their own families. Uh, you know, everyone here asks the question, where you'd, where'd you go to high school? <laughs> well, uh, think about... The, the way you can broaden that question. How long has your neighborhood existed? When was your house built? Uh, when was your high school built? Yeah. Uh, so there's a, there's a real – we want to tell also our story of success. Nationally, we are so well known for the programs that we are doing in history mm -hmm. and, the, and the breadth of our programming and our identity that we want people here in the community – to recognize there's more to us than just an exhibition. You talk about national uh, positioning. I have a note here that uh, you're up for a National Museum Award. Is that uh, correct? Yes, and I have to say it's not our first of the year <laughs> um, or the first of the last few years. But I, we are up for an Institute for Museum and Library Services Leadership Award. And we were among the inaugural group of museums that got that award when it was created um, in, oh, I should, in 1994. But um, so we're up, we're one of 29 museums and libraries nationwide. When's that decision going to be made? In April. <clears throat> in April. And there'll be a day for the community. I think it's April 9th. Yeah, we're looking for testimonials. Um, so if folks could support us by going online to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, any social media platform, and share their stories about local history and the Missouri Historical Society. And there are some hashtags that we encourage people to use. Hashtag share your story, hashtag find yourself here, and hashtag IMLS medals. Uh, that's part of the really great program is getting that wording out, the we'll, messaging. We'll put all of that information on our website. I have great. to take great. a break now. We'll do that. Uh, SDLPublicRadio.org is that website. We're talking with Dr. Francis Levine, the president and CEO of the Historical Society here, and Rick Hoffman, who is also with that uh, facility and that, uh, that organization. Back in just a few moments, this is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.
Now back to our conversation with Dr. Francis Levine, President and CEO of the Missouri Historical Society, and Nick Hoffman, the Managing Director of Education and Visitor Experience at the Society. The family come back to you because you left out one, <laughs> you left out one award that oh, you're kind of proud of. We're but. very proud. Um, last year in 2017, in May last year, we received the American Alliance of Museums' very first ever Award for Diversity, Equity, Accessibility, and Inclusion. That's a big deal for us. Um, yeah. We had about 4,000 museum professionals from all over the country, all over the world here last May, and it was during that conference that we received that award. And it was for the excellence of our exhibitions and programming and really lifelong learning opportunities at the museum. So we're very proud of that. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Do you feel that your facilities are, are utilized, uh, I'll put this to both of you, coming at it from somewhat different angles, are as utilized as, as they could be or should be by the community? You know, the museum is very well utilized. We have had yeah. over 400,000 visitors for the, each year for the last four years. I would say the library has much more opportunity to support community uh, researchers and schools. Um, it's it's used selectively, but it's becoming more well known, and that's part of our branding is to make people aware of that. Mm-hmm. And then we can't wait for Soldiers Memorial yeah. to open in November, which will give us a whole another segment of the community and the region. That's a thirty million dollar project, isn't it? It's a big one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's moving quickly. November third is just around the corner. In the museum world, we always say that's pretty much next week. So we're moving fast ahead. Um, construction's almost wrapped up on the physical aspects of the building, and now we'll really start focusing on installing the exhibits. So it's becoming a, a living, breathing museum again. How is it going to be different from the facility that we've known for so many years? You know, I think it will be um, a much more modern uh, exhibition and programming facility. Now, we've tried to keep the the ambience of the building there. So, you know, it's it's beautiful construction, beautiful features in that building. So we've kind of cleaned those up, polished those up. But the building, for the very first time, will be uh, accessible, ADA compliant. Mm-hmm. And um, we've really reunited the Court of Honor, which is the World War II memorial mm-hmm. and subsequent wars that are recognized there, with the World War I um, memorial building itself. So we've made a more cohesive campus. We've cleaned it up um, because the, the building just needed attention. The um, HVAC system will allow mm-hmm. us to have uh, – heating, air conditioning, cooling, and climate controls for all the exhibits. And we've doubled the amount of exhibition space. So the downstairs part of the building, which um, was primarily offices and back-of-house functions, will now have uh, a changing exhibition gallery. So I think it will be much more vibrant, much more vital, and um, will be fully accessible and programmed. You know, yeah. we'll have some great programs and yeah. great staff working there. What are we going to see when we enter the building? Well, uh, we're really excited about um, some of our new exhibitions. And we can't go into too much detail yet, but our core gallery is called St. Louis in Service. And it covers the two main uh, wings of the main floor of the building. And it's going to cover everything from the American Revolution right up to the present, and it's what we do best, telling all those really intimate, sometimes hidden pieces of local history. So 
Uh, people are going to see really great collections. Uh, the narrative and storyline for all of these veterans are so powerful, and we're going to be able to share that in a really new state-of-the-art exhibit. So we really tell that St. Louisans at war and St. Louisans at home, yep. um, both what happened here in St. Louis while the uh, men and some women were uh, away at war, uh, and looking at that impact uh, on our community. And um, as Nick says, the, the oral histories that will be in it, the, the personal, the yep. personal deep emotional connections. When I think of uh, World War II, for instance, in St. Louis and all of the tens of thousands of uh, military people who went through Union Station, I mean, that was just a busy, busy busy place. There's some great historic photographs of that. And thinking about the industries that were here, the arsenals that were here over yeah. time, the Emerson uh, building the, the gun turrets. and uh, General Dynamics was here yeah. for years, exactly. years as well. We uh, Speaking of the military, we have a caller who wanted to know whatever happened to the historical guns on display at the museum. At the um, Missouri Historical Society? I, I, I guess so, because I, all I have is what I have in front of me here. <laughs> they are all in the collection being cleaned, cared for, and we try to use them in particular exhibits. Uh, in Soldiers Memorial, we're doing that right now, mm -hmm. doing the conservation on the arms and collection, and that will be featured in that exhibit as well. But those, what we try to do with the with the gun collections and the gown collections is uh, try to incorporate them in the contextual stories. Well, what's uh, what's on the front burner? What's what's ahead? I mean, obviously you've got the uh, <laughs> the uh, soldiers' museum going, but what else is uh, on tap? Well, one of the things that we really want to direct people to, because we're always looking for feedback and ideas as we continue to develop Soldiers Memorial Military Museum. Um, is on April 24th at 6.30 p.m., that's a Tuesday, we're going to have an open house at the Missouri History Museum where we'll have different tables focusing on different aspects of Soldiers Memorial. We want to share where we're at in the process but also get more feedback from the community, and we'll re be repeating that on Sunday, April 29th at 3 p.m. as well. So it's all about that feedback. But in addition to Soldiers, we have a full slate of exhibits opening this year. So we have our we've been working with the Muni on Muni oh. Memories, which is going to open to the public on June 9th. And I, I tell people, if you love the Wizard of Oz, you will get to walk through the cornfield <laughs> again. Um, no, uh, when no, that exhibit, no, fly, no flying monkeys, I assume. I, I I I haven't heard that the flying monkeys are there. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. But we've been working with the Muni on uh, getting ready to tell the hundred year story of how it started in the trees and then developed into this unbelievable facility that we have. We're going to have to wrap this up in just a couple of seconds, but how long does it take to, to get ready for something like that? You mean an exhibition? Yeah. You know, with Muni, we started working with them um, several years ago. I say every exhibit has at least a three-year development span. Wow. So the first year, and most of them, many of them go longer, but the first year is the research that goes into it. Second year is design and conservation. Uh, third year is really uh, insta building, installing, and then programming. Because just because we build an exhibit doesn't mean people will come. We have to have the programs and the educational moments. Well, people will come to the rebranded Missouri Historical Society. <laughs> Fran Levine and Nick Hoffman, thank you so much for being with us. Congratulations you. on all you've accomplished so far thank and you. all that lies ahead. Thank, thank you. you so much, Don. Thank you. Coming up, ever heard of traffic calming? 
Well, you will in just a moment. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.